I won't. It's just that simple. You can be seated. I, I want us to pray for Pastor Stanley and for the children in the dreamland. The situation over there has been bad, but now it has gotten much worse and it's becoming an increasingly deteriorating situation uh, to the point where Stanley just sent an email to us uh, this morning. And uh, I, I can tell, I, did, I, yeah, I haven't been able to get through to him until, uh, since last Saturday, but the internet uh, is down over there, or has been down, came up briefly today. And uh, he, he's really seeking the will of God, but uh, basically he feels like they're going to have to evacuate the dreamland. And I'm going to put this up here. You can read the email yourself. It's a very touching email. But uh, he, he said, Dear Bill, the security around the dreamland worsened just Sunday. Government soldier was shot, killed on the main road close to the compound of the dreamland. The government soldiers unleashed the wrath on the people in the area. Houses were burned down and looting uh, in the area. Anything they could get their hands on, random shooting, uh, areas deserted, people are fleeing into the bushes. Uh, staff and families have fled into the compound and hosted other families. And uh, But it, it's uh, the homes around us are, are deserted. The government has no solution to our problem, and relocation uh, into town is an option. But how do you relocate with 150 children and about 30 staff, 180? So we need a miracle. Um, I, I spoke with Samaritan's Purse today, and uh, they are in a position to fly planes in to evacuate if they can be assured that there's no fighting at the airport in Ye, but then they also need documentation of the children uh, to take them out into Uganda. We don't have that documentation, uh, documents, uh, and uh, so we're not sure where we are, but God's on the scene. So I want to encourage all of you, if you would, every day, every day, when you get up, just make that the point. Uh, whatever you normally pray, and then pray for wisdom and the leading of the Holy Spirit for Pastor Stanley. I told Pam tonight, I, I just feel uh, always when Pastor Stanley has called with a need, I've just felt so excited because I knew we could activate finances almost all of the time. Well, actually, every time there was a financial need, we could activate it. and. Other supplies that they had need of, we've never not been able to meet a need. And uh, I told her, I just feel frustrated. I don't know what to do. And, uh, but I know God is on the scene. Everybody say, God's on the scene. God's on the scene. So we don't want to ever be discouraged because that will affect our prayer life. But the situation is extremely, extremely urgent. So, you know, you may have a better time to do it than what I said. But if every morning when you get up, if you would begin to pray for the Sudan, at least we have a point that every day we're going to be praying and throughout the day. Don't stop praying, but Samaritan's Purse is willing to feed the hungry is involved and uh, other organizations. And there's a place in Kitgum, Uganda that has a huge orphanage already in place through a lady, Irene Gleason. It's an Irene Gleason Foundation. She's a woman from Australia, who has gone on to be with the Lord, but she had a real heart for Africa. The African um, soil got into her heart. You know what I'm talking about, David. And, uh, and, and once that happens, it changes your life. So 
we don't know what to do in the natural realm, but we know who does. God will take care of it. So, Father, we pray for Pastor Stanley, and we pray for, we pray for all those precious children at the dreamland. I can't even imagine the pressure that Stanley feels knowing that the roads are dangerous, knowing that there are opposition forces on the roads, even the roads near the airport there in Ye, and that somehow, someway, they have been through so much tragedy. You've always come through for them, and we pray that there will be a breakthrough in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Well, let's switch to a later or a lighter note. Oh, I don't, I didn't bring it with me. You handed me the joke and, and I left it on my desk. I, I don't want to get it wrong. So you want to go get it or do you have it on your, on your, okay. We, it's always good to laugh. Pam gave me, Wanda, Wanda's not here tonight, is she? Wanda sent this joke and uh, I, I thought it was kind of funny, but you have to really pay attention. So it's kind of like a gets in there and then you kind of shake your head but uh, can you pull it up one second two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen nineteen okay she, <laughs> she received it from her dad. A friend of mine has two tickets for the 2017 Super Bowl. Box seats plus airfare and hotel accommodations. But he didn't realize when he bought them that this was going to be the same day as his wedding. So he can't go. If you're interested and want to go instead of him, it's at St. Peter's Church in New York City <laughs> at 5 p.m. His, her name is Brenda, and she'll be in one of in a white dress. <laughs> she said it sounded like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <clears throat> okay, if you have your Bible, turn to your favorite scripture. No, we're gonna. We're going to start reading in uh, uh, John chapter 3, scripture you all know. And I want to just kind of paraphrase this message that uh, darkness is intensifying in the world today. And you and I are called to be the light. And in John chapter 3, verse 16, you know what it says, that God so loved the world that he sent Jesus so that we would be able to be drawn to Jesus so that forgiveness of sin would come and that we would then be the light to the world. And that even though a lot of people in the world would reject the light, that that light would come through God's people to be drawn to him. And that even though many would reject it and walk in condemnation and walk away from the light, it didn't change our assignment that we are to be the light to the world. So tell your neighbor, we are to be the light to the world. Now, last night, um, I, uh, I had sent an email out to many of you uh, to, uh, about going to the city council meeting. And uh, I think it's important that we do civic duty and that we vote for the people that we believe, uh, you know, will best represent the things of God in this nation. 
Same thing in the city. Uh, even when I sent the email out, and, and I saw some of you down there, even when I sent the email out, uh, I, I, I felt there was no hope for that situation. I believe the caucus that the people do before the city council meeting uh, already decides how they're going to vote, and they go through the motions of letting people share, but it doesn't mean anything. They have already made up their decision. And the agenda that night for the thing that I went for and the thing that I encouraged all of you to pray about and, 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 and be involved with was the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender amendment to the ordinance that already exists against discrimination. And basically, this is the bottom line. It was in the newspaper today. It's been in the newspaper for a while. And uh, I think it's important that we, we understand some of these issues. It basically comes down that a transgender person who is confused about their sex should be able to use any bathroom facility or any locker room facility that they identify, self-identify with. Now, this is the actual ordinance. It is a self-identification and a self-image issue. And that if they identify in the self-image of a woman, then they should be allowed to go into a woman's rest, a men's restroom or women's restroom based on how they feel at that moment. Uh, the lesbian, gay, transvestite, and then I believe it even has a Q at the end. I think it's queer. Is that correct? Does anybody know? If you do, just tell me. Lesbian, gay, transvestite, and then a skew at the end. I, I think that's the new one that's out there. It's in the paper. Now, when I, when I stood there at that meeting, uh, half of the room was uh, all of the people that were in support of, of that uh, ordinance, uh, and, and then half the people were against it. And as I looked at the people that were against it, uh, there was no question the room was very different spiritually and very different from a, an aesthetic view. When you looked at the hair coloring and the pink and the purple and the red and the green and all those kind of things. And then the other side of the room was the same. That's not to put anybody down because I felt an overwhelming compassion for the people that were very strong in their support of what we know is called sin. Okay? Something is happening in the world today to try not to label sin as sin, but to label it as diversity, and that if you don't accept diversity, then you discriminate against people. How can that help a person get set free if diversity is sin and that we are the light of the world to share with people that Jesus is the answer to take away your sin rather than to accept people as they are and leave them as they are. Does it make sense so far to you? Because you may be here and you might think, look, I got a friend that is a homosexual. I got a friend that is a lesbian. I have a friend that's a homosexual. Uh, I think he's delivered, but I'm not sure. He slips back and forth sometimes. Uh, I love the guy, uh, but it doesn't make what he does good. You all with me so far? Because it's getting a little heavy in here so far. So you all with me so far? And, and what happens then 
is that I'm looking at all of these people that need the light of Jesus, in my opinion. Some of them would stand up, I'm sure, and say, I have the light of Jesus. Who are you to judge me? And I can do whatever I want. Folks, that is somebody that is into self. And anytime you have a self-seeking person, you have a person who is deceived and there will be every evil work that will affect their life. So we're not helping them by leaving them where they are. Sunday, I shared a message about the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. Now, Jesus didn't come against her and say, you poor, wretched person, you deserve persecution. No, he said, where are your accusers? And then he said, neither do I accuse you, neither do I condemn you, but go. And what did he say? Sin no more. He didn't say, go ahead and be as diverse as you want. It's okay and I accept you. He said, go and sin no more. So if we have the answer for the world, then we have to be able to share boldly with people and help people come from where they are to where God wants them to be. Now, you say, well, what does all that have to do with whatever? As I sat and had the compassion and the love for the people there, that were demonstrating for that ordinance to pass, I looked up at the city council and the mayor. And when I saw what the mayor said, he was the instigator behind this whole thing. And when I heard what the mayor said about how this would be good for our community, this would be good for our community, and that we are a diverse community where we accept everybody, and that this is something that we should embrace. And every single council people, now these are the leaders in our community. Every single council member voted yes, the same thing. Then, as I looked at them, I thought, you guys are accountable to God for your leadership. You are accountable to God. I'm not upset with these people. They're confused and they're deceived, and God loves them. That's why Jesus came. But I know the background and the pedigree of a lot of those people that sat up there. And they were a bunch of chickens. And the reason they voted for it was because they didn't want to cause any problem. They didn't want to cause any waves. They wanted Lafayette to be known as a very diverse city where business would come and where nobody would be upset. And they took the easy way out. And I am upset with every single one of them because they did not fulfill their God-given mandate as leaders in this community. And I'm going to share that with them individually. It isn't a question of your belief one way or the other. You can believe anything you want. But if you're a Christian and you're spirit-filled and you're called to be the light to the world, then you understand that we have a standard to help people get set free from the bondage that they're in so that they can be everything that they're called to be. And when somebody gets involved in a stronghold situation and we don't help them get out of it, we're leaving them where they are and we're leaving them in a condemned state where if they don't get set free, the Word of God is true. And you and I once we get saved are called to be the light to the world, not to be critical of people, but to be the ministers of reconciliation that God has called us to be where everywhere we go, we love people. What were the sinners? What happened to the sinners when Jesus was around? They were drawn to him. As a matter of fact, the Pharisees and the Sadducees said, why do you hang out with the sinners? Why do you hang out with the people like that? We don't put people down because they are in sin, but we don't accept and label sin as something that it is not. Sin is not diversity. Can you all say that? 
Can you say it again? Sin is not diversity. And if you just had common sense, now the, the reason I'm sharing this is because you and I are on assignment from God. We shared that Sunday. We are on assignment from God. And I pray that God will take care of the leadership of this community and the mayor and every single one of them who did not help a single one of those people. As a matter of fact, they, re, they all reinforced that what they wanted, they could have. And that was the enemy driving this whole thing. A girl came up, now, and I know this sounds gross, and I, know, and I know it may even sound funny. I thought it was funny. But a girl came up to me during that meeting, not to talk to me, just came up in front of me. And I think she could tell that I was there probably not for the ordinance, because I don't think I fit in with that group of people. I'm not separating myself like good or bad. I just didn't fit in. I wasn't dressed the same. I didn't look the same. And I'm sure spiritually I know I wasn't the same. But she walked up and, 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 and it was a good looking shirt. But, but what it said, was, I, I started to laugh. It said, you can pee next to me anytime. Now, when I read that, I started to laugh. I, and I thought, what have we really come to in this world? Now, the driving force... The driving force in this is a slippery slope. Why would anyone in their right mind with common sense think that a woman should be able to go into the men's restroom just because she feels masculine at the time? Why would a man who feels, and there was a man who stood up and he said, there are some days that I feel very feminine. And when I feel very feminine, I want to go to the uh, men's, re- uh, uh, the uh, 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 a woman's restroom. But I was in Walmart one day, and and I really had to go to the bathroom. Now, if if this were not so demonic, it would be hilarious. It really would be. So it's okay to laugh, even though it is demonic. But it but it's not ho ho funny. It's like give me a break. And 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 I'm and I'm listening to this guy, and I'm looking at him. And, and he says, there are times when I just, I feel like a woman. And so I just have to go in the, in the woman's restroom to pee. That's what he said, to pee. And, uh, and he said, I, I can't go in the men's restroom because it just doesn't feel right. I'm saying the thing, Jesus, help me, help me. This man needs help. There's 150 of them that obviously need help, maybe 200. Uh, I don't know, you were there. For, well, a couple hundred. And, and everybody applauded. And I'm thinking, God, have I got a hard heart or what? I, I don't particularly understand this. I mean, this makes no common sense to anyone. Now, if you don't believe there's a devil, then you can accept diversity. But if you can believe there's a devil and that he is alive and well and tormenting people in the area of their thought life and their mind and their emotions, then you can look at some of this stuff and you can say, well, you know, First Peter says the devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy. It's a slippery slope when you start coming up with names that anyone that doesn't like diversity is discriminatory. Now think about this in your, in your right mind. How can it be discriminatory 
to tell a man with men, man's body parts to go to the man's restroom and to tell a woman with whatever those parts are to go to the woman's room. How can that be discriminatory? Wouldn't it just be common sense? Well, you and I both know the answer. It's common sense. So turn to your neighbor and say, it's just common sense. Now, here's, here's what we have to do, though, in the midst of all of that. We have to realize that we are called to be men and women of reconciliation. And let's look at the book of Romans chapter 5, because we don't want to get upset with people who are truly deceived. Does that make sense? In other words, well, I, I, I know Mary Tony Wozniacki. I've been down to see him several times. Uh, uh, Tony Wozniacki is not a bad person. But he did a bad job on this ruling because he knows exactly that this isn't right. But I know that he made this decision so that he wouldn't create waves in this community. And there's a huge, huge group of people over in West Lafayette, Indiana, that are growing and growing and growing to make diversity the centerfold of the message that anyone that does not accept any type of diversity is discriminatory. That means that if diversity defines sin as diversity, then you can no longer come against that. And what happens then is you can see the rest. You can see what's going to happen in this community if we continue to move this direction. Thank God the Supreme Court's going to have an opportunity one of these days to look at it. But the school system, the public school system, see, the, the ordinance exempted churches. That is a slip. I know I, I said praise God too. And then I thought, wait a minute, that's a slippery slope. The churches are exempt to be able to discriminate. We aren't discriminating against anybody. We're using our common sense. We're saying the men go to the men's room, the women go to the women's room. But they've lumped us together with discrimination. Does that make sense to you? The church is said, you, you are exempt because of your religious beliefs, so you can discriminate. We aren't discriminating. We're living the Word of God. Eventually, somebody's going to try to visit the discrimination of tax-exempt, nonprofit, charitable, Christian, Christ-centered organizations and say, why should you be exempt from discriminating because we should not allow you to discriminate against anything? Folks, this is the slippery slope we're on. Now, it says that there's going to be great darkness and that the darkness will intensify. Matthew says it, Second uh, uh, Peter 3 says it, and so we know what's coming. Everybody, tell your neighbor, I know what's coming. But you and I are to be thoroughly equipped as men and women of the gospel that we are on assignment from God to reach people right where they are and love people even though they try to reject us or even though they become upset with us. How many of you don't like to make waves? How many of you could take the path of least resistance sometime too and say, well, I, I don't want to rock the boat, folks. There's some boats out there we need to sink. And we, in love, in love, saying, hey, buddy, I got the answer for you. Manny, I see you. Where are you? Manny, Manny, 
I'm glad to see you tonight. You're going to be here from now on, right? I called Manny today. I was just going to give you a really piece of my love, okay? But I didn't get you because you got a haircut. You really got a haircut. He told me he couldn't make it to get a, a chewing out from me spiritually with love because he had to get a haircut. I can see what happened now. It looks good on you, Manny. Everything's okay now. You're back in the saddle. You're not going to miss any more here, right? Okay. You're going to drive every time you're assigned. Okay. I love Manny. Manny has had a lot of opportunities that we could just label him, oh, well, you know, what the heck. Now, nah, Manny, every once in a while needs to be called up and say, Manny, get your butt back in church here and do what you know you're supposed to do. And you know what Manny does? He comes. He comes back. I love Manny. Give Manny a hand. I love Manny. How many of you remember Dr. Spock? No, Dr. Spock? Is that right? See the children's doctor? Is that the one? Yeah, and then there's another Spock. Star Trek. Dr. Spock was the guy who don't ever, don't ever discipline your child. Give him a cookie or something. Yeah, yeah. There seems to be this, this momentum building where everyone should be able to do whatever they want to do so it doesn't hurt their feelings or whatever. I call it enablement. I call it, let's enable people to stay just like they are so that they don't ever have to come closer to God or improve in what God's called them to be. You and I are called to go out into the world and help hurting people. And as far as I was concerned, I saw a bunch of hurting people down there, and all I was able to do down there was smile at them and just, just give them a smile and let them know that I loved them as best as I could with a smile. But folks, the world is going to get darker. But if the world gets darker, guess what your smile is going to do? Your smile is going to get brighter. But if you look like the world, you're going to be angry too. Now, not everybody that shared looked angry. But there were a lot of what I would call the good guys who shared, who looked angry. They looked like the bad guys. They just weren't dressed like the bad guys. They were dressed like the good guys, but they talked like the bad guys. Folks, people, does that make sense? The bad guy, uh, good guys drive white. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> now, I want to read scripture. That's a private joke. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, it goes on to say, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. So we have been set free. Let me see all the people here today that you have been set free from a bunch of stuff that you hope we will never find out what you got set free of. Can I see all of your hands? Been there, done that. And so we aren't looking down at people saying, oh, my goodness, you're doing all this kind of stuff. You ought to get, you know, there's nothing. What's the old saying? There's nothing worse than a reform smoker. You know, he thinks everybody else should stop smoking, but he used to do the same thing. Folks, there are people out there that are hurting. 
We need to love them. We need to love them. We need to reach out to them. We need to do anything we can to get them into the church. We could double this church tomorrow if everybody brought a visitor tomorrow in here. Not to hear a message is going to hit them over the head like you poor sinner, you're going to go to hell. No, it, it, Jesus loves you right where you are, but he came so that you too could be a minister of re- reconciliation. And it goes on to say, that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them has committed and has committed to you and me the word of reconciliation. Let's all say it. I have the answer. Turn to your neighbor and tell you, you have the answer for everybody. It's the ministry of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. <clears throat> we had a person who was really involved in some stuff they should have never been involved with. And they were in our church. And we encouraged them, we love you. We want the best for you. You're going the wrong direction. You're living a life of sin, but keep coming. Keep coming, because we love you, and we don't want you to separate from God. If you hang out with people of God long enough, you're going to want what they have. That makes sense? Not, not putting them down for what they're doing, but lifting them up to Jesus, which is the answer. And I really, I don't want to keep coming down on the mayor and the rest of the city council, But they really upset me when I saw them and thought, you aren't helping these people. You think you're helping these people. What you're trying to do is diffuse any kind of a response that would come against the city. And you're just giving in to what the devil wants you to do. And these people are pawns that need help. They all needed help. And they didn't get any from the city, from our leaders in this city. But it says, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made his who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So what happens then is that you and I have the answer for the entire world. But sometimes you are involved in conversations with people. Sometimes you are involved in interaction with people when things will be said that you have an opportunity at the leading of the Holy Spirit to speak up as an oracle for God and proclaim the truth of the Word of God or just to be quiet and let everything just be, just don't rock the boat. Folks, we need to come out of that mentality. And we need to realize that the Word of God says that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Have you ever been around, can I see the hands of the people, you've ever been around somebody and what they're sharing, they, they definitely believe, but they don't and aren't sharing the truth. They're, they're sharing something that's way out there. And you have an opportunity. Do I open my mouth and do I begin to speak forth? as an oracle for God and the leading of the Holy Spirit, what God wants me to do, or do I just shut it all down? Years ago, I heard this expression uh, uh, that at the, you say, we, we don't talk about religion and politics. How many of you have ever heard that expression? You don't talk about religion and politics. Folks, 
That is exactly what we should be talking about. If the body of Christ were occupying positions of authority in this nation at the leading of the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't have the devil going and doing what he's doing to our people. He's captivating our people. But you know, this, this is what I saw. I saw some really young people there last night. The devil is after our children. He's after our children. I don't, I hope I'm wrong, but it appears that he's very close to getting a real foothold in the schools, the public schools. In some areas of our nation, he already has gotten a a, a foothold. And with some of the rulings of the Supreme Court, and a lot of times, if if you're not careful as a, I've done this, I know I've done this, repented of it, but I've done this. There are times when it's, I'll be around a conversation, it's just like, oh man, what's the use? I'm not going to get involved here. But that's the very place where you should get involved, because the Word of God is truth, and the Word of God sets people free. You should know the truth, and the truth sets you free. The Word of God is active and alive, and the minute you speak the Word of God as a missile of God, it goes forth, and it may not change that person at that moment, but the Word of God goes forth, penetrates their mind, penetrates their spirit, and will never leave them, will it, Manny? It'll never leave them. Have you ever been doing something you know you shouldn't do and God just convicts you and just drives you to your knees and you can't wait to get away from it? You know what I'm talking about? Let me see the hands of all the people just like man and you know exactly what it's talking about. It's because the Word of God has penetrated into you. But if you never hear the Word of God, if somebody comes up and says, oh, you are diverse, you are, you know, whatever it is, I'm, I'm using this example because it's so current, but the devil is going to go come much more than this, much more than this. You, you, there are things that the Lord has shown me that I hope it's not God. I hope I got it from somebody else. But the things that are coming on this slippery slope that we're in, and the body of Christ, which is a great sleeping giant, I believe, needs to stand up, wake up, speak up. Act up and proclaim this is what the Word of God says. That is not truth, what you are saying. You have believed a lie. All of us, at one time or another, believed a lie. All of us went in a direction we shouldn't have gone. And somebody got in our face with love and spoke to us. Joe Livesey, in heaven right now, took me out to lunch one day and said, Bill, you need Jesus in your life changed my life because he was, he was strong enough to invade my facade of what I was doing and brought me to God, the light of Jesus, and changed my life forever. You and I have that ability everywhere that we go. You may not change the world, but you can change your world. How many you get some people in your world, in your influence right now, and you know They are lost and on the way to hell unless they repent. Can I see your hands? Every single one of us. And God has assigned us to love those people right where they are, reach out to those people, and even though they spitefully use us, right in Matthew chapter 5, it says, love those who spitefully use you. You tell somebody something good and they tell you something bad. They tell you to leave me alone. They say, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? And before you know it, you get a little bit weary trying to talk to him. I think about Pam's uncle. How many times did you reach out to, uh, to uh, uh, Gene? How, how many times did you reach out to Gene? And finally, one day after years, years went by, Gene called and said, can I come 
and live with you guys. I just don't have any hope. And drove all the way from Indiana to Oklahoma and got set free and restored and is doing great right now because we never held back the Word of God in love and told him about the Word of God and the things of God and the things of the Holy Spirit. The body of Christ needs to speak up, really does. And all of us need to be more bold. Now, boldness is not anger. Everybody say that. You can be very bold with a smile on your face. You can be very bold with the laughter. You can be very bold by proclaiming, but you don't have to get mean and angry with people, but we are on assignment from God. And if you look at this scripture, I want to share it with you. We're going to uh, Matthew chapter 16, but in uh, uh, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, I don't know what all David's going to share Saturday for you men, but I encourage you to be here because I know it's going to be great, and I know David has a testimony. Revelation 12, 11 says, They overcame by the word, uh, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. I've been hanging out with Brad over the years for a long time, going back and forth uh, to the Sudan, and you'd never know the Brad you see today compared to the Brad that used to be, because somebody told him about Jesus, and Brad finally got his life together, but he didn't get his life together by somebody telling him he was okay, and we don't want to upset you, and we don't want to feel bad about yourself. The Word of God should uplift people, but the Word of God should bring people to a decision. In the book of Matthew, we're going to talk about what you are called to be for Almighty God. And in Matthew chapter 16, I am praying that this message will encourage you to go to some of those people that you've just been shying away from. How many of you got some people you've been shying away from? Because they just don't kind of want to hear what you have to say. Folks, take them out to lunch, tell them what you have to say, and let God do the rest. Then Jesus came to his disciples. This was supposedly after he had told them about the keys to the kingdom of heaven and that that he was giving it to them that what would bind on earth would be bound in, in heaven and what they loosed on earth would be loosed in heaven. And then he said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? I want to stop there just for a second. I watched the interaction of all of the leaders of our community at the end of the session with all the people who were supporting the ordinance high fives, handshakes, loving on them. The city council was extremely popular with the community that was there. The mayor was extremely popular. What value is it if you gain the whole world and lose your soul in the process? And I'm telling you, I believe, maybe it's wishful thinking, But I believe God's getting ready to weigh in on the leadership in this nation and the people that are leading, people who are deceived astray and further away into their deception. And part of me feels for those people and the judgment of God that I believe is going to come on them. And part of me says, get them. Get them. 
And if they're not going to change, shape them up. Because they're leaders in our city. They're leaders in our state. They're leaders in our world. They're leaders in Washington. And they're leading people into deception. And then it goes on to say, Or what will, it give, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels. And then he will reward each according to his works. The lady who really led me to the Lord, she didn't actually lead me like in the sinner's prayer, but the lady that was my secretary who's in heaven right now, Jean Grenard, she got saved, radically saved at the first assembly of God, and she would come and try to tell me about Jesus. Now, I, I don't think you could ever see me or imagine me as how I used to be. But I had a really profane mouth. I really did. Uh, I didn't mind saying any word, any time, anywhere to anybody. And I would let her know what I thought about her, and she'd <laughs> leave my office. And then a little bit later, she'd come back again. She always had a smile on her face. I just always wanted to knock that smile right off her face. No matter what I said to her, she just smiled at me. But she never, ever, ever changed coming back to tell me. Anybody else would have quit. There were times I wanted her to quit. I didn't particularly want to fire her, but I wanted her to quit. And I would say things that, I mean, could devastate some people. And she would just smile at me and leave and keep coming back. I hated her and loved her at the same time. I hated what she was telling me because it was driving me up a wall. I loved what I heard because I couldn't believe anybody could be that nice to somebody that was being that wicked. I didn't understand that what she was doing was penetrating me with the Word of God, even though on the outside I was rejecting everything she said, the Word of God cannot be rejected. It penetrates. Everybody say that. The Word of God, Word of God. can't be rejected. It penetrates because the Word of God is active and alive, Hebrews chapter 4. And the Word of God always penetrates and goes in. And that no matter what a person says with their head, the Word of God penetrates. So therefore, when you and I, with love, with boldness, with firmness, are speaking the Word of God, the Word of God cannot return void and will never return void. So we are on assignment from God. What difference can we make in the entire world? Well, I don't really know, but I know one person in my life made a huge difference that made a huge difference in the lives of a lot of people in Tulsa, made a lot of lives different here in Lafayette, not because of me, but because of what a woman did in my life and what a man did in my life. And all of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you have already done it, but God wants you to do more of it. Can you say amen? Let's all stand to our feet. There but for the grace of God, 
go you and I. We could be sitting over there in that section at the city council meeting ourselves saying, what the heck, we are diverse. Uh, Don't discriminate against us. Love those people right where they are. Pray for those people. Pray for our elected officials too, but they've already proven they're not up to the task. But the people that are really deceived into the world, those people who are having people reinforce that deception, they're held accountable. They are held accountable by God, and God's going to take God, I believe God's going to weigh in. So, what does that mean? It means that you and I have an assignment. Let's all say, I am, I am. On, assignment on assignment from God, from God. and that you are going to be able to influence people everywhere that you go. Maybe it's just with a smile, but I believe it would be with a smile, with love, and with an encouraging word, and never, ever, ever afraid to tell somebody, that's not diversity, that's sin, and let me tell you about the wages of sin, but let me tell you how much my Lord and Savior loves you, and the person comes and attacks you, but what you have done on assignment from God is place the Word of God in them. They can never, ever outdistance themselves from that Word. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? 